for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 62 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we got two special guests this week. We got a full house. Not one, but two. Making his second appearance, Jeremy the Space Barbarian. Yay, yay. And in his first Blue Harvest appearance, our buddy Calvin. What up? I'm not that special. Oh, come on now. (laughs) <laughs> so, you you uh, listeners know how we do this when we have a first-time guest on. We got some questions for him. We do. We'll get to those real quick. We got a few things to plug and get out there before we get into all the goodness. Yes. We have Blue Harvest t-shirts available. They are so awesome. If you yes, got, sir, I'm going to get someone. If I'm you get someone, I get money. If you are interested... All you got to do is go to tpublic.com slash blueharvestpodcast. And if you're sitting there thinking, eh, I don't want to type all that in. Well, you can go to our Twitter profile, at blueharvestpod. There's a link in our bio. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash blueharvestpod. And you can... They also sell really cool coffee mugs. Oh, yeah, you can get coffee mugs. They're really cool. Baloney Big Mac coffee mug is incredible. (laughs) If you don't have one of Goose Payne's Baloney Big Mac coffee mugs, you should, because that's a great way to start your day. Drinking a little baloney coffee. Yep, baloney Big Mac. (laughs) Oh, man, there's nothing better than a baloney Big Mac and a big old cup of coffee. That is the nipple (laughs) on the tip, man. I wonder if I need to change out I knew, my... Uh, I knew it was of, coming because you were rubbing them. Yeah, you're I was rubbing, rubbing my nipples. <laughs> people, like you're he's gonna, he's gonna now you're letting people know how the sausage is made. When I do my my goose impression, I have to like <laughs> push my chest out and rub my nips. Like That's how you summon a good oh goose my, impression. Oh, my oh, man. I got tiny nipples. <laughs> Little baby toast. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So, if you look us up on Facebook, it's easy enough. And if you look in the show notes of this episode... You'll be able to get a link there. But that's enough about that. If you guys want a t-shirt, they're available. Um, They came out really nice. I've seen some people that have gotten theirs already in different colors and styles and pretty stoked on it. So, 
And we want to give a big old thanks to our buddy Evan, who designed. Who made it all possible. He really did. He made it all possible. He took our dreams, and he made them possible. He, he turned our dreams into a reality, that Evan. The Baloney he's a, he's Big a, Mac he's looks a, really good, too. Oh, yeah. and The new of, logo looks really good. Yeah. Our buddy Jeremy de- delivered a big old stack of Baloney Big Mac stickers to us, so those will be going in the mail for anybody that wants one. Oh, so killer. Mm. They turned out pretty good. But that's enough about that. Uh, so you guys want to get into knowing our buddy Calvin a little better? I would love to do that. Calvin, my friend. Are you ready for your questions? Yeah, let's do it. What are your first memories or experiences with the Star War? Man, it's tough. Uh, I have a terrible, I have a terrible fucking memory. But uh, the one thing I do remember is I, they used to play um, they used to play the whole trilogy on like uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and uh, when I was probably about seven or eight like on usa or something yeah vaguely remember them coming on usa when i was a kid yeah i don't think spike and fx was around then but it's like tvs or USA. you know yeah it was something like that but we were having like you know a family thing and i think i went into my room and ended up turning it on kind of by accident and caught return of the jedi Ooh. and uh it was just right when you know luke was walking or came up to the door at Jabba's Palace. Oh, that that's a good just, part to come in on. Yeah. Yeah, right there at the beginning. Just got just got hooked. And then, um, you know, I'm only 30, so I got... I kind of came into it right in the... Uh, right when they started coming back with the toys. And they, what was it? The uh, Power of the Force collection and stuff started yeah. coming. I mean, it was a decent time to come back into it because it started being a thing again, you know? Yeah, and, and then uh, the special editions weren't far after that, and then the prequels. Yeah, exactly. And... I think they yeah, made a surgence was... of money in like the video rental market. Yeah, and I was about a. Well, didn't what, what was it that that box set of VHSs the right. uh, with the heads on them that yeah. came out like ninety four or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was right around the time, probably that I first seen it, and I got those and the special edition gold box version somewhere hiding. But, uh, yeah, that was the first memory was uh, when they were doing one of the marathons. Nice. That's how I got introduced to uh, 007 movies, too, actually. Yeah. They always play the marathons of those on holidays also. What movies? 007. Uh, 007. Oh, the James Bond James movies. Bond. Yeah, they did used to do long marathons no, of those. No, 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 no. I've never been able to get into James Bond oh, for some dude, reason. Dude, I love James Bond. Even Sean Connery. I like Sean Connery, and I like Daniel Craig. I don't really have much affection for any of the other ones. Yeah. Craig's pretty good. I just like James Bond. Like I like them all, with the exception. You just of like, like James Bond because he crushes ass like you do. And he fucking <laughs> saves try to the fuck. world. He okay. saves Europe at least. Like so, basically, if if you defused one nuclear bomb in your lifetime, you would be James Bond. You saved the world and you crushed a little ass. I, we got to make that happen. I don't for know you. why that's such an important part about it, but. I just want to see that shirt, the ass crusher. Oh, it, I'm no spoiler yeah. alert. I think yeah. one's coming. Oh what? no! <laughs> oh no! I think there's going to be a Brick McWitten. I don't. I don't think there <laughs> ass crusher extraordinary. One of those, you know, just going to be a, there needs to be one. Going to be an R-rated T-shirt. Yeah, I mean, you might have to 
you know, verify your age before you're allowed to order one. <laughs> oh, no. Wearing it you can't school. put me on that. <laughs> you can only wear it to the AVN Awards. That's about the only place oh, that it'll wow. be. No. <laughs> Will's dick is going to look like an octopus, and it's going to be crushing eight asses at once. <laughs> oh, my God. It's real Japanese-inspired. Oh, my God. I don't think I can handle it. I yeah. don't think I could Did you get it. a mental picture of that? Yeah, I, I did, <laughs> because it showed up, and I didn't like what I saw. It's, it spits ink. <laughs> oh, that's a squid, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so who's your favorite character or or and your favorite movie? Oh, God. I'm going to have to say Return of the Jedi, just because it's the first one I remember seeing. Right on. And I'm going to have to go with Luke. I love Luke and Return of the Jedi. I mean, he kicks ass. I mean, one of the first scenes I seen was when he, you know, tears through a rancor and, you know, fucks with Jabba the Hutt or, or tries to, whatever. Right. I feel you on that. Like, that was my so, first one I remember watching. Made it my favorite, just, too. He just looks badass. He walks in with a cloak. <laughs> chokes, chokes that Gamorrean guard. Yeah. Makes the dude, you know, go up and talk to Jabba even though he doesn't want to. Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna. Good old Bib Fortuna. Will and I were just talking about. I was about to say, that was quick on the draw. We were just talking about good old Bib Fortuna. De Wanawanga. So you were, how old were you in 99 when the prequels started up? So probably what, about? Around, uh, well, I was born in 86, so I was about 13. 13, yeah. What did you, what, how did you feel about the prequels when you first saw them? And, and where oh, do you stand? I first saw them. Now. I hated them. Oh, really? I hated them when I first saw them, yeah. I actually didn't see um, I didn't see Attack of the Clones until about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. Oh wow! Yeah, so I saw. I, I think I went with my brother and a couple of his friends. He's a, he's a little older than me. He's probably about your guys' age. He's thirty three right now. Right on. And uh, you know, he took me with a couple of his buddies, and uh, we went and saw the Phantom Menace opening night, and. Yeah, dude, I was just disappointed as hell. Um, I don't know why. I guess it was just maybe the, um, you know, you're expecting to see the rise of Darth Vader, and you kind of got like a little bratty kid. You know, I was 13, but he was younger than me, right? like way younger than me. And uh, it, it just wasn't my thing. But, you know, going back and watching them, actually, The Phantom Menace is one of the more beautifully shot Star Wars movies there is. It, it is. really is. You're right. I uh I'll definitely agree with you on that. There's there was a lot of care. I don't know if it has something to do with them sh- uh switching to the digital cameras. I of, think so cuz yeah. Attack of the Clones was so drastically different because it was yeah. all I think it is the only one that was all digital, right? Yeah, and well, you know, I'm still not a big fan of the CGI clone troopers, like, you know, there's not, they didn't build a single piece of clone armor for those movies. Every no, time. I hate, I, I hate seeing that every time I watch it, especially when, uh, what, uh, commander Cody comes up to Obi-Wan. Right. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's something about the actual, and I'm, I'm pro CGI. I like CGI. I feel like part of the appeal of Star Wars in 1977 was how it pushed the technological boundaries of what filmmaking right. could do. Sure. But at the same time, like I think it's overkill to not just do some art, like the difference looking between the clone troopers and the first order troopers in the force awakens is night and day. Like it looks so much better having the actual armor. I think 
Yeah. Well, and it's like, for instance, when you have a scene like that where Commander Cody's coming up to Obi-Wan, it's an up-close-and-personal shot. You don't need to have digital armor on a dude that's, you know, 10 feet away from the camera. Right. I I could understand, like, you know, when they show – when when the army's first shown and they show the whole legions of them all standing out there, thousands of them, yeah, pan past them, you know? Yeah, that's fine. But when you got a guy that, you know – that's sitting there acting. Why would you put him? Why would you put him in a green suit or whatever? Right. When he's right there in front of the camera, toss some armor on him. I mean, there's people that make that armor and it in looks their great. house, and it looks great. Yeah, exactly. So, I I don't know what the deal with that was, but yeah, some of those shots are pretty painful. Like <laughs> the uh, after the Dooku fight and stuff, when Yoda comes to Yoda comes to the rescue, some of that's pretty painful to watch. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I will say this, like, I'm glad you finally saw it, but if there was one Star Wars movie that you waited to see, I'm glad it was Attack of the Clones, like. Oh, yeah, and I ended up, I ended up seeing, uh, Revenge of the Sith in theaters, too, because it was the only, it was the only one, you know, at the time that was appealing to me, and, um, you know, I liked it all right, but, again, it was, you know, even with the Clone Wars, when the Clone Wars, I'd first heard of that, you know, shrugged it off and, you know, huffed and puffed about it. You know, this ain't my Star Wars kind of shit. But uh, I didn't really start appreciating all that stuff until this ramp up to The Force Awakens started happening. When Disney bought them out, I started, you know, reading the novels and... Right on. uh, You know, going back and, you know, they put The Clone Wars on Netflix. So I sat there and binge watched the shit out of those. And, you know, all that stuff's amazing to me now. Speaking of it's, novels, our buddy Jeremy, this is a quite a turn. I never expected this to happen. Like, Jeremy also sort of got a little more hyped up about Star Wars leading up to this. He's been listening to his first Star Wars book on tape. Yeah, I listened to Bloodlines. It was really good. Did you listen to all of it? Did you yeah, finish it? I did. Really I did, good. I think in two or three days. I personally finished the first Aftermath today, and it was a snoozer. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Like them talking. About I'm so behind the second, on the books. Them talking about the second one being good makes me want to listen or read that one. But after hearing you talk about it, I don't know. Maybe I'll just skip to the second one. Well, this is what I'll say. Aftermath. I didn't give it a fair chance the first time I tried to read it. I got maybe a hundred or so pages in and just gave up. And with the second one coming out and getting such good reviews, I didn't want to skip the first one. So I went back. I'll say this. You know, there's been a lot of criticism of Chuck. Wendig's writing style and I th- actually think it works way better in audiobook format than in reading it just because something about it just flows better I guess still not a huge fan of his style but this it's definitely a setup book you can tell like you know it's the setup for uh two more books to come and it's just not very exciting like and there's a, a fair bit of action in it and you know um, did you read that one, Calvin? I did, and my problem with it was that there was too much. Well, one, the expectations were high. Everyone thinking that you know Luke and Leia and Han are going to be in it since it was so close to you know the end of Return of the Jedi. Right. I think everyone felt that way, 
And they just packed the shit out of that book with characters and scenery and just jumping all around. And then in the middle of it, you got these interludes, which turned out to be the coolest part of the whole right book to me. But they, yeah, they just tried to jam it with these new characters, way too many of them all at once. Yeah, they did drop a load of new characters. They also did this annoying thing where... Like, I understand that it's a plot device to do a, a fake-out death scene. You know what I mean? Like, where um, they make you think someone died, and then in the next chapter, you're like, oh, they didn't die. Well, they do that once with a character, and then in the very next, or by the end of the book, they do it again with the same character. They fake you out killing this one character twice. And I was like, oh, this is fucking lame. Oh. I get doing it once, but doing it twice seems like overkill. They'll and, never think we'll do that twice. Yeah, that you can tell that's exactly what the dude was thinking. Another thing is, is like they the interludes are definitely cool. There's no doubt about that. That's where you end up getting the coolest stuff. But it's like half of the interludes. The other half are just sort of I don't I don't want to say pointless, but they're kind of pointless. Oh no, kind of pointless. But, well, they showed the they showed the state of the galaxy, I guess. Like, yeah, that's... there was there was there was some that I didn't necessarily, you know, I I didn't necessarily like them, but they showed they showed what's going on. Like, there was the one with the like the uh, the dad and the two brothers, right? Like that one that one didn't really mean shit, but it kind of showed you that the one brother was you know trying to go and join up with like the rebellion or whatever, and right. The other one was loyal to the Empire, and the dad had to sit there trying to just fucking eat his dinner. Right. Just trying to have a family <laughs> dinner, and stormtroopers come in and fuck shit up, man. Great. Uh, you're just an old dude with a couple of kids. You think your job's over? You got some grown-ass kids? No. They got to fuck yeah, everything like, up. It's like the Mon Mothma ones. There was like three with Mon Mothma and those reporters or whatever the fuck. Oh, uh, yeah. Like... They could have put that into one. He could have put that into one interlude, and we would have all got the point. Yeah, it was a good point. You know, she wanted to, um, you know, kind of take the military out of the situation, or you know, deplete yeah. it a little bit. Um, the one character that everybody seems to take away from the two aftermath books that's really popular is Mister Bones, and I have to agree. Like that's. He is a worthwhile addition to the Star Wars universe, I think. So, um, for Jeremy and Will, who haven't read it yet, um, one of the main characters in Aftermath is Tim and Wexley. He's also known as Snap Wexley in The Force Awakens. Yeah. He's the sort of, he's the guy from Heroes and Lost, Greg Grunberg. That guy, he's the X-Wing pilot. You guys know who I'm talking about? He's right. got the beard. He's yes. the one with the beard. Um, he scavenges an old battle droid from the clone wars era and like rebuilds it and reprograms it to be like his bodyguard oh, wow. and the thing is like psychopathic it loves committing violence and it's like strapped all these animal bones to its like body and stuff that's why he's called mr bones oh that's crazy but like he fucks people up with blasters and vibro blades and stuff definitely a high point of the the book to me so for Mr. Bones alone, I'm looking forward to seeing where the second one goes. I actually like that they uh, released that picture of him. Yeah, they did. Life Debt, the little poster that comes with the book. Yeah, for the second book, they put out a poster that's got Mr. Bones on it, and he looks oh, pretty badass. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, I haven't read that one yet. The uh, Life Day one. I'm what, pretty behind on the books. I haven't read Bloodline either. Yeah, I was getting behind, and it's it was simply uh, a matter of just not having the time to sit down and read them. That's why I moved over to audiobooks. And since doing that, I've been able to finish Bloodline and the first Aftermath. So That was the first audiobook I've listened to, and I will say, like, it got me more interested. Like, they did a real good job portraying the different characters. And, you yeah, know, like, and, and that the, made it interesting. The lady me. that reads Bloodline is pretty strong. The guy that does Aftermath, Mark Thompson, is really good. Apparently, he's I like... I met Mark Thompson. Oh, really? Yeah, I was at a celebration last year in Anaheim, and uh, I w- uh, me and my buddy were standing in line waiting for the... Um, waiting to go into the Rancho Obi-Wan. Oh. Uh, little booth they had going. Right. Yeah, and he was just standing right in front of us, started talking to him. I noticed that he had the, uh, like the special guest badge on. That's cool. Like a, he was, uh, the VIP badge. Yeah. So, yeah, he started telling me he does those audio books. I've never listened to an audio book myself, but you know what? I'm hearing they're pretty good. Yeah, man. You know what? It's, they are good. I would, I think I would prefer to be able to read just because I don't know. I like holding the book and stuff, but like I said, I've just been so busy that it's, not yeah, it's so, so much. Yeah, not so much an option for me. I got Xbox to try and play, y'all. Podcast <laughs> to record. How far have you made it, it through Lego Star Wars? Through Lego Star Wars, the new Lego Star Wars. I am. Uh, what part in the story? I've gotten through Maz's castle for sure, and I'm on the Resistance base part. But I sort of took a sidetrack where I'm going and doing. There's like it's like an open world game kind of where there's all the side missions and races that you can compete in and stuff and I've been going and doing all that to try to get all my gold bricks, son. Flying the the Falcon and uh, the demo was a lot of fun. I uh, you know what? Uh, so I I don't have a ton of experience with the Lego games. I think the first one I actually really got into was um, Lego Marvel that came out a couple years ago on the Xbox One and PlayStation Four. And I really enjoyed that. Um, I never even played the old Star Wars Lego games. I, I got them recently and played them a I've little bit. I've played all the old Lego Star Wars games. That They're was fun. How I got into the Legos games. I was playing with my stepson on the Wii. It's kind of hard on the Wii. I can I only imagine. That. Oh, yeah. It's kind of hard. That's the thing general. about those Lego games is they come out on every single fucking console imaginable i'm pretty sure i saw lego the force awakens on the commodore 64 it's commodore 64 joke for you guys that's that's what you come to the podcast for right sweet commodore 64 jokes so we got a little those are relevant to our commodore 64 yeah that is a good band name um so we got a little off track we got a couple more questions for calvin but that's 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 what we do we get off track um, so we talked about the prequels. What did you think of the force awakens? I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, you know, got into some arguments with people like my mom who decided to drink some wine and tell me how much it's like a new hope. <laughs> oh no. Hey, Hey, you, so you need to, you need to fucking calm down. You, you, your mom, there's a certain person on Twitter that your mom may want to follow Calvin. Who's that? Oh, uh, you know who it is. Gabriel. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. That, that they would get along. Maybe 
Then that Tong Po looking motherfucker. You, you guys know who Tong Po out. is? Mm. You ever no. seen Jean Claude Van Damme's Kickboxer? Yes. The main villain in Kickboxer? Okay. That's okay. Tong Po. Yep. Okay, all right. He looks kind of like Sagat from Street Fighter. Right. It's kind of what like this professional <laughs> troll Gabriel looks like. Oh, okay. Tong Po. Have you seen Have you seen the videos where they take all the scenes from that movie and uh, put like death metal in it and put a mic in Van Damme's hand? <laughs> no, but that's no, but amazing. I gotta oh, check dude, that out. I will find it and I will send it to you. I um they they did a I saw someone that did a supercut oh, yeah. of all of uh, Van Damme's fly. You know the he his specialty was that flying. Like that spinning jump kick he did in every movie. It was like his finishing move. Right. I saw a super cut of every one of those kicks from every Van Damme movie. Amazing. How do you think he got a job? <laughs> like, that's how he got a job. He was like... Well, you know, here's a little piece of information. A little piece of... Like, you guys go to bar trivia and this question comes up. I'll get you a few points. Do you know what movie he was originally supposed to do but backed out of to do Bloodsport? No, I don't. Predator. He was oh. supposed to be the Predator in the original Predator movie. Oh, my goodness. Oh, shit. <laughs> but Bloodsport came up, and he was like, nah, I'm going to go make these motherfuckers say mate. I'm going to make them say, <laughs> I'm going to make the movie where my face isn't masked up. You know, if you guys ever, you know, want to quit this whole Star Wars thing and just do a Bloodsport podcast, <laughs> you, you let me know. You let me know. I could talk weekly about Bloodsport. I did see every one of those movies when I was growing oh, up. I was, that's what got me into martial arts. Like, I know that's sort of a, a, a like, because, come on, Jean-Claude Van Damme is not the strongest martial artist. Like, if Jean-Claude Van Damme tried to fight Tony Jaa or Donnie Yen, like, they'd wipe the floor with him. But damn, did I love some Jean-Claude Van Damme movies when I was a kid. Yeah. They used to get me so pumped. I got in trouble in first grade for karate chopping a kid. <laughs> <laughs> did he deserve it? Of course, I'm of not going to. Of course gonna, he deserved it. Uh, hey, I like Star Wars. He was Star just practicing Wars. in the hallway and the kid walked by. No, no, no. It was, it was purposeful. Dispense right on justice the as like, an early age. Right on the back, karate chopped him. Ki-ai. <laughs> Ki-ai. And, and it was at recess and a teacher saw me and I got in trouble. You made him oh, say yeah. mate. No. No, I made him say, what the fuck? Did you just karate chop me? <laughs> cool <laughs> So moving on from uh, the Force Awakens, um, are you excited for Rogue One? I am. I wasn't, honestly, but um, yeah, with the recent footage and stuff, it looks pretty cool. You know, what really got me excited was that so they do that tank trooper, especially. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I am a fan of the tank trooper. As soon as I saw it, I did a screen capture and sent to Halls. I was pretty excited about it. I knew you would be too. Yeah. Well, he's got sort of a Boba Fett visor thing going on, which goes a long way with me. Yeah, I like the uh, the, the the vents or whatever down by the chin. Yeah, They're kind yeah, of yeah. Uh, more sleek, and they have like a I don't know. They got like the vent like right in the front. It looks pretty cool. I was actually thinking to myself, do I want to try and save up the money and and order one of those nice Anovos tank trooper helmets when they come out? Because those things are so fucking expensive. If if I had unlimited funds, my house would be. You just want to go through drive-throughs wearing that or is helmet. It half scale. No, it's full, full scale. It's awesome. and and what they do is they go and they scan the actual costume. It's and re- yeah. it's like completely screen accurate and stuff. They're pricey. You just yeah. want to go to McDonald's and be like, "Can I get a double cheeseburger and pull up and be wearing the mask?" And <laughs> like give her the twenty. Well, the. The way to do it is to go to like the cons or whatever. It seems right. like they always have the um, 
like the pre-order specials. Oh, really? Maybe they'll do that for Celebration next year. Because I don't think, like, you know, Anovas doesn't put their stuff out immediately. Like, they're just now getting to Captain Phasma and stuff from The Force Awakens. Well, like, last year's, I think at last year's Comic-Con, they came out with the uh, Shadow Trooper. And it was, like, $600 if you pre-ordered it. Because they do it in, like, tiers. And I think the tiers are based off of when you order it. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, for the. I was, I was, I was looking into it. I want to do that shit too. I mean, who the fuck doesn't want to be a stormtrooper in this community? You know, right? <laughs> like, dude, I, if I could, if I could go fucking walking around my damn neighborhood, just decide, oh hey, I'm gonna fucking go to Seven Eleven wearing my stormtrooper bullshit. I you would know, let's be do it. I'd be pestering Jesse so bad if I had one of those helmets. I'd be like, hey, you want to get it on tonight, and I wear the helmet. <laughs> <laughs> and just the helmet and she'd be like no i'd be like come on please for my birthday this year maybe maybe i'll wear the tank trooper helmet you wear the buns <laughs> <laughs> screw that just wear the whole thing just take off the cog piece <laughs> hey that's not a half bad idea man i look <laughs> way better as a as a sexual tank trooper than just my normal ass that's a pretty good idea you are a well, sexual, hey, sexual tank, tank trooper <laughs> i was about to say <laughs> oh, sexual, fuck. you are a sexual tank trooper all right you so pump armors? <laughs> <laughs> yay dented helmet mm. uh what are you looking forward to with episode eight what do you want to see in episode eight nights of ran man yeah. you know what it makes me nervous uh that report that uh whatever that news that came out that JJ was saying that if he had a standalone movie or whatever he'd want it to be some Knights of Ren story. It makes me think we're not going to get fucking very much of Knights of Ren. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That's a good point. I didn't really think about that like if if we don't get much or, or, or you know, if we got all the information about the Knights of Ren from a um from you know episode eight or nine, then what would the use of a standalone movie be? Didn't yeah, think dude, about you, that. They put like eight of those motherfuckers looking badass as shit in the Force Awakens for a whole like half a second. I just want more, man. Like, yeah. Well, it sounds like we may be getting more in episode eight, but I don't even know as far as I want some explanation behind them. You know I'm going to have to know sure. how powerful Kylo Ren is going to be. You know, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be have completed his further dark side training or I, I don't know how it's gonna it would be him possible. a while to recuperate and do finish, you know, if, do that. If, maybe they'll show some of that, too. You know, uh, yeah, like Luke training coming up like, you know, they say that episode eight is going to start right where seven left off. Right. I almost wonder if it's going to start and then there's going to be some sort of time jump after they said they were going to start out with the handoff right yeah and what happens right after that just because well with the crawl i think they can i mean the uh the time travel could come from you know going through hyperspace or whatever they can kind of talk about where they're at politically and where finn's at and all that stuff kind of while ray was on her voyage you know what i mean yeah while still while still being able to start where they left off because i mean there 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 had to have been a pretty big gap because she's going through you know in the falcon she was going through you know something they had just found on a map right well and that's the the weird thing about star wars is if you just take it on face value like 
The Force Awakens seems like it takes place over like one or two really jam-packed days. You know what I'm saying? But you ne- you have to account for for hyperspace travel. Like, how long did it take them to travel from you know right outside of Jakku or wherever to Maz's castle, and then from Maz's castle to the Resistance base and stuff like that? Because like they never really say it in the movies, but like in the books and stuff, some of those trips don't. They're not immediate. They take a couple of days. Yeah, they right, they right. take they take weeks or whatever, and so they can you know they can account for everything in the crawl just by simply kind of summing up what happened in between what we already saw, I guess. Right. Because the movie definitely lo- makes it look like Ray and Chewie and R two get on the Falcon, they leave Dakar, and then just immediately they're you know they're discovering Luke. So, and that's also like. Uh, you know how a lot of people have you ever heard the complaint that an empire like Luke only gets like a day or two of training, but like the journey from the Star Destroyer to Cloud City probably took several days because they didn't have a hyperdrive and stuff like that. So, like I, I would like to know how many days Empire Strikes Back takes place over. Well, and it's like, do you think that the uh, Thai bombers and shit were only hanging around that asteroid field for like? half hour <laughs> right right now, if they were sending bombing runs over the whole thing they were there for a while you know? yeah yeah i mean they, i think that probably took place over i don't know maybe or even, a couple weeks or something or even the falcon sitting there on the bridge or you know on the backside of the bridge of one of the uh, star destroyers waiting for fucking trash to be dumped yeah that's a good point too man <laughs> um you know i'm a little concerned that we're not going to get any lando in this new trilogy I'm okay with it. Really? I, I'm okay. You don't want Lando? I mean, I it would be nice, but if he can't fit in the story, trying to shoehorn him into something he doesn't fit in would be worse than have not having him. Yeah, I guess. That just seems like poor fucking Billy D, man. Even though he wasn't like super nice to me when I met him. Throw him <laughs> I get it. I get it. I was like trying to bother him about episode seven and being like, hey, are you going to be in episode seven, Billy D? But he no, still I'm talked to it. you, though. He did talk to you me. Know? I got a nice Empire Strikes Back poster signed by Billy D. Your That's boy, cool. Billy D. Oh, I wish Dude, he if he just uh, <laughs> just have him just have him tap dance through the the set or something. <laughs> hey, Lou, where's Han? <laughs> <laughs> What'd be awesome is is if they're just hanging out at a bar and Billy D's only cameo in the new trilogy is. In a bar on a screen in the background, he's competing in the Star Wars version of Dancing with the Star. Star <laughs> Dancing with the Star Wars. Mm. That would be rough, man. I'd be You're like, hey, hey, Leia, you know what cures grief? A nice Colt 45. Works every time. <laughs> oh, that would be fucked up as the first time you see Leia. She's like laying in bed with the sheets pulled up to her and she's smoking like an after sex Star Wars cigarette and oh. she rolls over and Billy D's like, Kick back with his hands behind his head, being like, <laughs> works every time. Yeah, Colt 45's empty all over the bed. <laughs> and, 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 like, damn, Han's body hasn't even gone cold before you moved in, Lando. Ruthless. That escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So, uh, Calvin and I were talking on Twitter the other day, and, um, uh, I invited him to come on the podcast because he sent me a really good idea for a Boba Fett spinoff. Oh yeah, which is something we talk about on this show a good bit because I've time. got 
a boba hard on, a boner fet. I don't know. We'll f- <laughs> we're workshopping. Boba boner, it. boner fet. Boba fetish. Boba boner. Boba. F- boba. F- mm, I don't really like boba fetish that much. Although it's. It, I like it. it it's applicable. You. Just not for a boner. <laughs> Will likes the idea of me like in a boba fet costume, all tied up like a fucking bondage film oh yeah he wants the 50 <laughs> 50 shades of green me yep so uh calvin why don't you uh clue these guys here in on your idea for a boba fett spinoff all right so my whole deal was well i've been hearing some people saying that it, they think it's cool that uh to see a boba fett kind of passing passing the mantle like you know passing the armor off as a mantle and like training somebody, but I I thought it would be cooler if we you know you start out on Tatooine, you've been spit up or whatever, fought through the uh, Sarlacc pit, you see him half dead on Tatooine, and then the you know the Jawas come by and rip all his armor off, and this is kind of based off the aftermath book where we see that Tatooine sheriff come and go on the uh, the sand crawler. And take off with the Boba Fett. Well, what we're assuming is Boba Fett armor. Yeah, to fill uh, Will and Jeremy in, just real quick. Sorry to interrupt. In one of the interludes in Aftermath, there's this guy on a sand crawler, like looking at all the shit that the Jawas are selling. And um, him and this other guy that turns out to be like, he's calling himself the new sheriff of Tatooine, find a box of complete Mandalorian armor which they say is beat up to hell and it looks like it's been pocked with acid. I mean, they're telegraphing really hardcore that it's Boba's armor. And this sheriff guy takes the armor for himself and he's like, well, this will come in handy. So that's what he's talking about. Oh, wow. So go ahead uh, with the rest of your idea, buddy. I really like this idea, by the way. Yeah, so what I was thinking is instead of like passing the mantle... Well, I, I don't think Boba Fett, they're going to want, I don't think Disney's going to want to make a film about a bad guy. Right. So the way I see it is you see Boba Fett, he's half dead, got Jawas picking at his, you know, armor. They take off. He wakes up looking like, you know, looking all scarred up with acid, you know, or whatever all over him looking like, you know, Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> Without his mask on or whatever, you know, and he kind of... Like an avocado fucked an uglier avocado. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> well, so then he goes and he, you know, he starts, you know, he's got nothing now. He's going hiding in the, uh, he's hiding in the uh, remains of the Jabba's skiff that crashed. And, uh, you know, I see someone come by and kills him or whatever, takes their ride, goes into town. And starts noticing that someone's using Boba Fett, well, his armor, as a way to fight the crime that's left in Tatooine. You know, Jabba's not around anymore, so there'd be people trying to come up. Oh, for sure. It's a power vacuum. So this sheriff guy would be donning the armor and taking him out, trying to clean up Tatooine, you know, you know, kind of like Daredevil or whatever, like a vigilante. And so it would be it would be the original Boba Fett that no one knows is Boba Fett anymore because he's scarred up and doesn't have his armor, you know, versus this sheriff. Ultimately, Boba Fett loses, and we get ourselves a new Boba Fett who's a good guy now. Disney doesn't have to worry about Boba Fett being a bad guy. Yeah. And um, 
we don't have to do the passing passing the ma- the mantle along kind of you know training the next Boba Fett kind of deal. It'd be a be a you know like a Batman versus Superman kind of thing, except, except for won't, won't make me fall fucking sleep. It'd be like the Battle of the Bobas. And and you know what? That would also be like if if you have him getting fucked up physically in the Sarlacc, that would be a, <laughs> an easy way to sort of recast too. If he's going to yeah, be exactly. under heavy makeup and stuff, you know, um, I still think you got to get a guy uh, that, you know, even if he's going to be under makeup, you got to get a guy that approximates has the voice. Yeah, has for sure. Voice, anyway, has the accent, and the voice, and it can approximate at least the look of a Tim Mora Morrison closely enough. Like. I'm saying as close as this new Han Solo guy is to Harrison Ford, which isn't very close, but, you know, I, I, I'm i more concerned with someone that can be Boba Fett instead of look like Boba Fett. You know what I mean? Well, and, you know, and people have been saying, like, you know, just leave the you just leave the lid on him. Leave the bucket on his head. You can have a whole movie with fucking Boba Fett cruising with the bucket off or on his head. And... I don't see that as being something that would be appealing to Disney or anybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. The problem I see with that is it almost becomes sort of power rangery. You know what I mean? Where like, because when someone's in full armor, like a lot of times they tend to emote more in sort of a cartoonish way. Like think of an example I like to use is the very first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Where there's that scene where Spider-Man and the Green Goblin are on the rooftop talking to each other. And it's just, dudes, you can't see their mouths moving. You can't see their faces. And they're just, like, moving their heads and their arms exaggerated. You know what I'm saying? It could become sort of almost a little too comical. Like, yeah. Um, it's, well, yeah, I, and that way, that way you, can have, you can have two guys. You can see their faces, both of them. And, we, you know, when Boba comes out, you'd, or whatever, the mask comes out. It would be at night or whatever when he's fighting somebody, right? And you'd see his daily life or whatever, and you wouldn't have to deal with all that. I can see the sort of weird position Disney's in with trying to do a Boba Fett movie, but I, I want one so bad. They'll figure out a way to make it. I think there's universal. money to be made, you know, and and Disney is not a fan of leaving money on the table. I just don't think. Like, I think this Obi-Wan movie is picking up so much fan steam. I almost see that as being... I mean, I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, but that seems almost like a certainty at this point. Dude, they have to. They have to. It, it kind of pisses me off that they went for a Han Solo movie first before they would do a uh, Obi-Wan movie. Yeah, I think the Han Solo movie might be a pretty good choice as far as character recognition and just... Because, like... I don't know, man. Everybody loves Han Solo. Han Solo is such an integral part to Star Wars. Not that Obi-Wan's not. I technically like Obi-Wan better than Han Solo. And I love Han Solo. But um, I think... Yeah, but it, how, much, how much money do you think they spent uh, trying to cast this guy who ended up being the first guy and they sat yeah. there having people watch... What was it? Like uh, 2,500 people yeah, come and audition or something 3, like that? or something. I so, mean, Ewan McGregor wants to do it. He's doing nothing but getting older, so he's going to be at that midpoint, and they could always make him look a little bit older. That's a lot easier than right. hiring somebody completely new. And he was he was one of the uh, he was one of the recastings or whatever that's 
that was a, a good thing about the prequels. I think he's the best part of the prequels. Oh, uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. Oh yeah, I love his little snarky attitude and all that shit. You know, he and Liam it Neeson kinda... are definitely the strongest actors. I love some Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson is great in that movie. Neeson. Shit, dude, I'd watch a. Liam I'd watch Liam, a. Uh, Liam they should do a Qui Gon, Obi Wan movie. That would that be awesome. I could see that one be kind, being kind of tough only because, like, yeah, Liam Neeson looks older now, but I think if you give him the hair and the costume he and the beard, still pull it off, he could probably still pull it off, but I don't know that Ewan McGregor could look like Phantom Menace Ewan McGregor again. No, that's, that's not even what I'm talking about, though. At the end of Revenge of the Sith, Yoda says, oh, I have a fucking little mission for you or oh, whatever training you must do. They could have ghost... It would be like Obi-Wan and Ghost Qui-Gon the whole time. Fuck yeah. Well, you know what sucks about... Um, about The only thing that would suck about that is, you know, in The Phantom Menace... Now, stick with me here. This is something I've thought about. In The Phantom Menace, when, uh, when Qui-Gon gets stabbed by Darth Maul, a thing you guys don't realize is that severed a spinal cord. So if he did come back as a ghost, he would be a... Crippled ghost. Nice shots. Will's just looking at me disappointedly. <laughs> not funny. Hashtag he, not funny. Will was sitting here like, "Oh, I'm looking forward to hearing hearing what he has to say." Oh, speaking of hashtag not funny, we got a buddy. Um, I believe his name is Patrick. That's been hitting us up on Twitter. I guess he's been like speed listening to the entire he's been crushing it is what he's been doing he's been listening to like six or seven episodes of blue harvest a day we oh, appreciate wow. the but but anyway he got to the i guess the first appearance of the crippled ghost a couple weeks ago and yeah. was like oh by the way hashtag funny yeah i know i mean you either are or you aren't <laughs> <laughs> oh man calvin set me up for that buddy that was like an alley-oop in <laughs> nba yeah and Just, I took it to the rim. The real funny it, part about it, it is, is Will falling for it, though. Just I'm hearing the lead up when you know it's coming. I will well, never. Shit, apparently, I set it up, and I, I had no fucking clue. But I enjoyed the shit out of it. <laughs> hey, Calvin, don't play. We talked about this beforehand. Like, oh, at some point, you need to say that they need to do a ghost Obi-Wan and, and Qui- <laughs> Qui- or ghost Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan movie. If this was really set up, that's pretty funny. Oh, yeah, I'm like the Ashton Kutcher of podcasting. I just <laughs> puncture ass. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's a, I totally just insulted myself, man. Um, <laughs> well, threw, threw myself for a loop, calling myself Ashton Kutcher, and now I'm, like, bummed. Fuck. What, you haven't seen the, you haven't seen the ranch on Netflix? No, but you know what? I, did we talk about that Jupiter Ascending movie, Will? We did. We did talk about that. What a ter! Did you guys see that movie? No. No, it just looked terrible. It's it's C- the CGI the movie. <laughs> yes, CGI the movie. It's the Wachowskis from the Matrix movies, where he's got like super sneakers and elf ears. What? I I you, you watching it. Like, just watching it, it reeks of desperation. It reeks of two directors that directed this insanely successful franchise in The Matrix, which, you know, the final two movies are not highly regarded. And then, they haven't done... I mean, they've done movies since then, but they've not done anything nearly that successful. And watching it, it reeks of the desperation of, oh, this is it. This is what gets us back into the limelight. 
And it's like they're sort of... It's kind of what kills them. I mean, it's... I don't want to say it's their Star Wars, because at no point was I like, oh, this no. is like Star Wars. It's like it's almost like that. their fifth element. It's like a... But it's got a Cinderella. But not good. It's got a Cinderella. But cinder- not good. It's fifth element like a, I like. <coughs> I like fifth element, too. Cinderella kind of... I get what you're saying. I don't know. Princess... Like the 80s band? Vibe to it. Know. No, like... <laughs> No, if that if it was that, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> but no, it's like space Cinderella meets half. It's like a, it's like a space, space opera Frozen? made for furries. It's okay. Because like, what? Who's is it? Channing Tatum. That's but it's the main. Not okay. Channing Tatum is the. And he's yeah, like Channing half wolf. Is, that's her knight. Yeah, and he's like half wolf. He's got pointy ears and. Yeah, those sneakers kill me, dude. I, oh I yeah, he's got he's got like the future version of wheelies. Yeah, you remember those? Yeah. What about some soaps? What are soaps? I don't remember that? You one. never heard of soaps? No. What oh soaps? man, they were they were around in like the uh, late nineties. They were regular ass like skate shoes, but they had right in the middle at the arch of your foot, uh-huh. they had like a a little plastic insert that was curved. So you could do fucking freestyle walking. Oh, you're kidding Wow. Me. So you could run up and, and jump on a freaking uh, railing or whatever and grind a oh. rail with nothing but your shoes, dog. So that many shit. kids probably busted their faces. <laughs> oh, there, so there was some facial reconstruction surgery caused by soaps. For sure. I, I don't even remember them. If I did see them, I probably saw them and was like, well, that fucking sucks. I'm going to do that one-legged. No, thank you. Um, they were pretty ridiculous. I've seen some kids eat some shit on them Heelys. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I saw a kid at <laughs> oh. Universal Studios in Orlando eat shit. He like <laughs> oh, he ran shit. into some oh. fucking railing. Like he, I guess he lost control, and I mean he hit it with his mouth. <laughs> oh, his god. mouth made contact. Oh god! I know it sounds like I'm laughing at someone else's pain, but that's because I am. <laughs> <laughs> You guys I was tripping out. I was tripping out the first time I seen those. I was working at Kmart when I was like sixteen or red something. light special, blue <laughs> yeah, light exactly. special. Yep. And I freaking saw. I was sitting there like you know checking someone out, checking all their shit out, and fucking. I just happened to turn over, and all of a sudden I just see this kid fucking floating like across the fucking whole <laughs> store. <I was> like, <laughs> oh shit, he's an X Man. Um, do you guys remember Pump Ups? Yeah. Like the yeah. shoes that you would, like they had the like thing in the tongue that you would push. Reebok pumps. Reebok yeah, pumps. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Pumps. I had a couple of pairs. Man, I wanted a pair of those so bad, I right? I had a pair of those. And I got like basically the Kmart version. Oh, no. One year. So they weren't like official Oh, they were the pumps. LA Gear ones. They were probably <laughs> LA Gear for sure. They had double, LA Gear they had, like, had the, uh, double laces colors. The light up colors. sandals. <laughs> they yeah. also had the light up sneakers. I yeah, had those yeah, too, too. Why are you going to get a kid in a wheelchair light-up sneakers? <laughs> that shit never gets the light up. I can't make them work. <laughs> I got to sit there and do a, a fucking soft that's, shoe. That's cool. steel just to get, get that shit lighting up. Anyway, so I got this pair of pump pumps. I didn't care pumps. I didn't care that they were L.A. Gear brand. They may oh, have I even had a pair been. Of LA Gear too. They may have even been more off-brand than that. Jordash. So I had them for about a week, and one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to take these motherfuckers to the limit. 
You know what I'm talking about? Pump him up as far as he blew, he blew out his pump. I did a week he into having my pumps. pumps. My birthday's on March 21st. I got him for my birthday, March 28th, <laughs> the morning of March 28th. It's a school day. He remembers day. this shit vividly. And I was like, he was bummed. <laughs> and there was like, like powder in them and stuff, you know? Yeah. It was like an airbag. Shit went everywhere. I was like, oh, fuck. And then I was like, because. He, he like, had to wear a deflated ass sneaker. I he did. blew out his pump. He didn't have no other school shoes. And I was like, you know what? I'm <laughs> rolling on a flat. Because I knew my, my parents were going to be like, oh, yeah, busting up the rim and everything. I knew my parents were going to be pumped or pissed that I, I uh, oh, fucked up my right. pumps, right? So I just tried to play it off. Just tried to get in the car. And my mom was like. What's that smell? <laughs> it smells like burnt rubber. <laughs> oh, God. And then um, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then when we were getting out of the car, she was like, what happened to your shoe? Because <laughs> oh, it, it was all bombed out and depleted. <laughs> oh, no. How's your shoe look sad? Yeah, it did look sad. You're killing me. This shit's hilarious. It was fucking pumped. So... <laughs> Now that we've talked about shoes. Then they had some. You had a little CO2 cartridge. You blow them up with that. Remember those? No. No. They took it to a different level with pumps? Yeah. CO2. I wonder if those will ever make a comeback. Or they had like an actual hand pump or something. Until they're anti-gravity. Yeah. I just always had uh, British Knights. Oh, yeah. I remember when that shit was hot. Hot British Knights. With some white high top sneakers. Mm Mm-hmm. Dude, man, I don't, I don't know what it is about parent. Well, I'm a fucking parent, but the parents always buy you like the shoes that they know you're gonna fuck up, right? <laughs> I remember I got my ass chewed. We got this uh, like a uh, place down by uh, TJ. I'm in San Diego or close to it, and um, oh, they got like an outlet. They got like an outlet center like right next to the border. And they had, you know, so they had sweet deals on everything. They had like a Nike outlet. They got a Vans outlet down there and everything. So my mom took me one year and got me some Nikes. Fucking white ass Nikes. Oh, no. It's raining. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole week it was raining. So I got in trouble for going outside in the rain with my shoes that she had just fucking bought me. Your fresh and it was like, Nikes. <laughs> yeah. And it was a week before like school started. Damn, Daniel. i didn't want to do it but i noticed you were sitting there holding something in it was a damn Uh, i had to turn away from it (laughs) (laughs) um so now that we've talked about our previous shoe history that's a good that's a good segment that's i like that segment it it dates us just a little bit oh i'm i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck I don't mean in a bad way. I'm just saying that's our era. It shows like our era. Like our buddy Tomas or our buddy Oliver, you know, they're a little younger. They're young. They're going to be listening to this going. Fuck his LA gear. What the fuck are pumps? <laughs> what the, what does is he, he mean, talking pumps? about high hills? He, uh, <laughs> they had sandals that lit up. What is he, where did they light up? What is he talking about? <laughs> you know, our buddy Jeff, who's been on the show a couple of times, he is a fan of the um, sneaker or sandals that have a hidden... Uh, use like he had the sandals that had a, a bottle opener in them. I have a pair of those. He had a, a pair of sandals. I think he had a pair that had a, like a little flask in them. But here's the thing: like, <laughs> I don't walk- put my mouth on something where my feet are. Thank you. Right. <laughs> like the bottle opener sanitary. is okay. Kind I mean, of. At the least, yeah. who knows what you've been stepping on? Because it's on the but bottom. But not a flask. 
flask. Ugh. Well, and where 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 do they put it? Where the freaking thing is sturdy enough to pop a bottle anyway? Yeah, like you gotta have, have like some that... hard ass plastic on your shield. That ain't gonna be very. Yeah, dude, I got like I got flip flops. Oh, tore up and like <laughs> hold on, tore up in like a couple weeks, man. Holy shit! Will is actually sporting. Oh my god! A pair of <laughs> flip flops with a bottle <laughs> opener in them. Wow. You know what? I would not use that to open a bottle. I've never used it to open a bottle. I don't. I like I just said. I, I don't want to put where my feet have been on the place where my mouth is about to go. Like, so uh, Calvin mentioned something. You're close to Tijuana. Yeah. Have you ever been? <laughs> okay. I'm close enough. Because <laughs> where I went to TJ for a sixth grade field trip. Oh, oh, that is awesome. I can't, <laughs> like, field trips, we didn't to have the great... mall? Is that what, TJ? Tijuana. Tijuana, oh, Tijuana oh, wow. Mexico. Tijuana, Mexico. Field trip? Crazy. Yep. We went to the I do like San Diego, though. <laughs> hey, kids, let's all get on the school bus and go to a donkey show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it was awful. And there was this, like, uh, I don't know if he was, like, a foreign exchange student or what, but there was... Uh, he was like a Chinese kid, and uh, apparently he needed papers or a passport or oh, something, no. and he didn't oh. fucking have them. So we had to sit in secondary for like three hours, all of us, on a school bus. Hot as to go. hell. Yeah, no AC, no air moving. That sucks. <laughs> Damn. That's when you really wish you have a Game Boy as a kid, like... Sitting on the bus and TJ. I hope you brought an extra pair of batteries. Exactly. (laughs) Drain them, motherfucker. Yep. Gone. So before we could leave, we had to wait for, I think, yeah, I think his mom had to end up coming and bringing whatever the fuck she needed, a birth certificate or whatever, passport, before we could leave. So we were like two hours late getting back to school. How old were y'all? Like 11, 12. It was like sixth grade. That's crazy to take kids across, across borders. <laughs> yeah, right. School, for a school function, like in, like you got to trust them to have their passports and all that kind. Of, that's that's a lot of that's no. a lot of responsibility. Exactly. We well, didn't well, go back then. Back then, you didn't need a passport. Right. I guess that's true. Uh, yeah, they the, only they only, they they only started doing that like uh, three years ago. Yeah, because right. uh, the few times I've been to Mexico, like I got in with just a, a birth certificate. Yeah, I I guess. I did the same. Like I always made it there by cruise ship. The times I went, I never went across a border. But well, I went. A, you know, I went a couple of times when I was like eighteen or whatever. And uh, back then, all you had to have was uh, ID. Oh yeah. wow. Um. So. Oh man, this whole Tijuana thing's got me reeling <laughs> here. Okay. So um, there was not a whole lot. Of Star Wars news this week. We'll get back to Star Wars now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I had a real important pump story to tell. We had to talk about Tangent. some shoes. We had to talk about his blowout. <laughs> <laughs> Blew a tire. Um, man, I wonder if you can go on eBay and find old. I guarantee yeah, you got, can yeah, because absolutely. I looked up absolutely. cereal that's not made anymore, and they sell that shit for eight dollars a box on eBay and shit. Yeah, they've but you know like, that's not good. They've like, made. I mean, of course I know that's not good, but every I feel like that means everything is sold uh, on eBay. Okay. They've made Somebody reissues can... of some of those shoes too. Some well, of yeah. the Reeboks. That's so true. I watched Highlander yesterday. You Somebody guys like in China that movie? Has a cache of those somewhere that they're just waiting. 
<laughs> that person, that person that had, I've seen a picture on Instagram. It was like, there is only one Highlander of like the back of their car. They kind of spelt it out and then they have a tag. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I'm drawing them. I, I can't explain it well enough. It's so funny. I will send it to you. So I watched Highlander yesterday. <laughs> what? Which Highlander? The first one, the original. There Con- can be only one. There can be only one. Yes. Connor McLeod, the Kurgan, you know. Right. Fucking um, classic Sean. Highlander. Yeah. So afterwards, I was like, you know what? Because, like, I only focus on collecting Star Wars, but as a kid, like, when there wasn't Star Wars to watch, I was way into the Highlander for I a mean, hot I love, yeah, I loved Highlander, too. And not that I, I don't still, but, like, it didn't stick around for a lifetime like Star Wars did. Well, of all the things that I feel like they're trying to reboot nowadays, the one that I'd be okay with is a fucking Highlander reboot. I'd be okay It will with happen. That. It's been yeah, sort of they'd circling. Probably have, they'd probably have some fucking dick, you know, playing... <laughs> Yeah. The Highlander. Channing yeah. Tatum is the Highlander. You'd, I mean, Channing Tatum oh. is everybody. He's Jack Reacher. You'd need an actual Scotsman. I mean. Well, I don't think uh, Christopher Lambert is a Scotsman. I think he's French. Oh, is he? Um, See, I don't know. But what, since we were talking about eBay, I was like, you know what? I wonder what kind of Highlander collectible. Because, you know, I proudly display my Highlander swords right, right there. They're yeah, right above us. They are. Every time we record. Are those Highlander swords? Those are Highlander swords. Sweet. Um, makes me want to bust out in Queen. Like, oh, the soundtrack of that movie is amazing. So I, I started uh, dicking around on eBay and looking at Highlander collectibles. And, man, if if Highlander were ever to be... Like, if I had a time machine and knew that Highlander was going to get really big sometime in the future... It's so cheap to buy Highlander collectibles, I guess, because nobody gives a fuck. Right. And, like, <laughs> there's figures. Like, I didn't realize they did figures. Like, I guess there was an animated show for a while for a couple seasons. Oh, wow. That I didn't even know about. And they have a full figure line for that. Sideshow did Highlander figures back in the day. Oh, shit. Of Duncan. Duncan and Connor. And I was Damn. like, I, I don't collect Highlander shit, but maybe I need that Connor. I'm never going to get it. You know what? It would be a smart investment. Like, just buy the whole swath of it and just sit back like a king and be like, <laughs> one day, one day when that Highlander comes back around. I don't know about sitting back like a king with my pile of Highlander collectibles. <laughs> I just like the thought of it. I just like to look at them. So, um, on a throne of swords. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of Star Wars news. We were talking about the guy that's going to be playing Han Solo. Um, I think the biggest news that's come out since we recorded last is that Alden Ehrenreich, the guy that signed on for Han Solo in the Han Solo spinoff movie, has actually supposedly signed on for three movies. Um, Which I think is awesome. I think that's awesome, too. It gives you so much potential of stories that you can tell about young Han Solo and... How he met Lando and how he got the ship and him and Chewie and like there's so much you can go into. Now that's that's what a lot of people are assuming is that it's for like a Han Solo trilogy, which could very well be the case. I also wonder if they're not doing sort of a Marvel thing and getting him in a contract. So let's say they do do a Boba Fett movie that takes place before A New Hope and they want to have Han Solo in it. Well, they got him signed up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if um, they do sort of a mar- Marvel thing where if if he goes over really well as Han Solo, they extend that contract like they've done with 
Robert Downey Jr. Absolutely. Because somehow they ca- talked him into... Because like his last two Marvel movies were supposed to be Avengers 3 and 4. Well, it was supposed to be Avengers 3. But somehow they talked him into doing two more Avengers movies and Captain America 3 and Spider-Man. Oh, wow. So, like... That Robert Downey Jr. is making some cash and, for and sure. I guarantee he likes playing Tony Stark. Like I feel. I like mean, how could you not? That dude was like he can relate to Tony Stark. Talk dude. about going from <laughs> the, the bottom of celebrity to all of a sudden oh, yeah. being one of the big. Like that, that dude was on a very well a downward spiral, and then he got Iron Man, and he's everybody's. You know what I'm saying? Everybody loves right. Robert Downey Jr. Um, so I think the possibility of seeing this guy show up and some other stuff. If he ages well into the character, keep him around and do pre uh, between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens stuff with him, even, I say. That would be cool. That would be neat. You'd have to wait a while, but I want a Star You'd Wars be ready movie. for that story by then. Yeah, for sure. You know? um, but like I said, that's pretty much the biggest news this week. Um, I like the idea that they're, you know holding on to that dude in case he does work out like uh, the question i have is and hopefully this isn't the case but if it comes out this han solo movie comes out and he's not great as han solo what do you do then do you buy do they have to buy him out of the contract at this point with as many people as they saw i don't i can't i don't really think that he can't not be good at being han solo i just hope it's not like one of those deals too like now we've got three spider-men and what (sighs) 10 yeah. years yeah i mean we're kind of weird they finally nailed it that to did, happen did, i haven't seen civil you haven't war seen yet. civil war have yeah. you seen civil war oh no. so good it is good and Love the kid civil that played war. spider-man is really good too it is really good yeah i actually really like the guy that played him in the second one and i don't y'all may not have liked him that much but i did i liked him as spider-man okay andrew garfield the first amazing spider-man i actually think is a pretty good movie that second one though, with Jamie Foxx as Electro or whatever, oh, it's kind of cheesy. It's rough. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. I think I went through like thirty minutes of it. And I gave up. Spider-Man Three with Tobey Maguire was so bad. Yeah, I just, it, I, just, it hurt I, just my I just watched feelings. that like I watched that two nights ago. It was pretty terrible. <laughs> it hurt my there's Spider-Man that, feelings, dude. There's that Body whole scene. There's that whole scene where he's wearing the black suit under his uh, clothes or whatever, and he's just walking around dancing. Dude, the uh, dance number. Like, the, da- the dickwad dance Beaver number. Style. It was I, so terrible. I remember Will and I were sort of just around hanging out at that point. <laughs> right? Like, that was sort of or yeah. early on in us hanging out. We saw out. that together, and that was in, you know, when we were first hanging out and watching like, movies and stuff. Like, I don't think I've ever seen someone as angry in a theater as Will was when that dance number. Like, visibly... <laughs> And audibly angry. I was like shaking. I was like, this is not okay. Like, this is not... And you're going to waste the Sandman as a villain? He's not really a villain. He's just like a tortured anti-hero. No, go fuck yourself. You just wasted that. You (laughs) tacked Venom in there as well. You wasted that. Like, the whole thing just went to shit. I love Venom. It's like they knew it was their last one to make, so they tried to, like, shove everything in it. Well, you know, they actually tried to get us... They were close to getting a Spider-Man 4 with Sam Raimi... With Toby McGuire, with all of them coming back, they were gonna See, do I love, it. I love Sam Raimi too. Yeah, I mean, every good director has missteps, you know. And they I, jumped the shark. I think that's one me. of those situations where the studio was like 
real invasive in the process of making Spider-Man 3. Like, I think I've read in some interviews that he didn't even want to do Venom, but included it because the studio insisted. Right. And that's a, a villain I hope they get back to and do better. Because Venom is one of my favorite Spider-Man it, villains. It's if it's Spider-Man's nemesis. Like when I would you say, the Green it. Goblin is really. Yeah, I would say the Green Goblin's like so. his his version See, of the Joker. I don't, I don't like how they did the Green Goblin either. Full suit. Yeah, like the, the helmet and everything. That first. I mean, Will, Willem Dafoe, man. I mean, he's pretty cool. He was. I, really I don't. Good at I don't. That. I don't mind the choice in actor. I hate the suit. The design was terrible. That first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie, as much as I loved it when it first came out, it does not hold up. None of them well. do. Um, I think two, two probably the best. Yeah, I think two is the best of, out of those three. It is. Um, it's kind of like the original X-Men movie. Like when I saw it in the theaters, I was like, "This is fucking great!" They finally did an X-Men movie, and it's awesome. Oh my god! Did you see that Apocalypse? I haven't seen Apocalypse yet. It's it's okay, but it's like I don't know. You just got to watch that one yourself. It can't uh, it, it can't <laughs> be worse than Wolverine Origins. That was oh, yeah. a fucking stinker. I think that'll go I down as that. the worst comic book movie of all time. That's worse than the original Daredevil. Oh, for sure. Like, there's at least a couple of good parts in the original Daredevil movie with Ben Affleck. Yeah, I don't think there's a single redeeming part of fucking wolverine origins they fuck up deadpool they fuck up Sabretooth. they fuck up wolverine like it's even under ghost rider like ooh, if you oh, really think about ooh, it I don't, <laughs> as much as i hate nicholas cage i love nicholas cage as much as i hate nicholas cage i love him and always get stuck in the like national treasure movies when they're on <laughs> oh really i've never why. seen oh, one of those yeah. It always National Treasure. Me. It's awesome, man. Yeah. It's it's like if he turns enough out, he'll I hit really, a gym. I really know, like oh, the one I where they found on the, the city uh, of gold too. That one, I was always I interested the, uh, in, like Mayan and stuff like that. Yeah, I just watched the first one on Fourth of July. That's how I celebrated. <laughs> oh, this is this is a way to bring in ring in America's birthday. Watch a little National Treasure. Was it on right before or right after Independence Day? I put that shit on on purpose, dude. <laughs> he didn't wait to find it on cable. <laughs> right. He went to the shelf and was like, "Pop Blu-ray, in. let me I get went... National Treasure." Oh, on demand? Let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me get this on demand, National Treasure. It's patriotic. Oh, come on, dude. The the fucking Rock. He's great in the Rock. <laughs> I do like the Rock. I haven't yeah. seen that movie in forever. Um, Gone in sixty seconds. Terrible. No, no, no. But I, no, but I love no. it. I, I like disagree with you. Gone in sixty seconds. I love. Well, Jeremy's a big car guy oh, right. and a big yeah. classic car guy <laughs> yeah. too, though. Jeremy's yeah, got a true. nice classic car going. That's true. So that would no, be I like saw, I saw that movie in theaters when I was thirteen. Man, nice. I love that movie. I, I got a soft spot for Con Air. Con, yeah. yeah, dude. I I do love John Malkovich. He's got a one of my favorite guys. I have a soft spot for terrible movies, so I'm right there with you. Yeah, right. You can tell that, like, Nicolas Cage, like, he wanted to be the dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? He wanted, like, I'm the guy. I'm Hollywood. Yeah. But it just didn't work out. The whole tax thing. The whole taxes thing really threw him for a loop. And then he was like, oh, you want me to be in your money movie? You got 25 bucks? For sure I'll do it. <laughs> well, you, to just mildly bring it around to Star Wars, he was in a 
period movie with Hayden Christensen. Where oh, we talked about this. Like we Templar Knights. Oh. It's bad. Yeah. I... Well, see, he was he was in another movie where he was like a knight, and it was actually pretty decent. I thought anyway with uh, Ron Perlman. Huh. Oh. Where they were uh, they were escorting they were like escorting some uh, some girl that was like possessed. They had to get her to some church or something. Right on. What about what about like the I've Sorcerer's that. Apprentice? I thought that one was. I good. liked the Sorcerer's Apprentice. It was a good movie. The Disney movie is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And it's got the, yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah, that, was, that one Rogan's wasn't movies. bad. I mean, I just thought it was cool. Like the he was teaching the kid how to be a wizard, and you had to wear your pointy shoes. Right. You know? like, I, I thought pointy that shoes was cool. Yeah. Pointy that shoes a were a movie. big part of the plot of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Well, you <laughs> yes. to draw the power yes. from the earth as a wizard, you have to be grounded. It's like a wizard's version of pumps. And the, <laughs> right, um, except they didn't blow their shit out in six days. <laughs> yeah, right. And rolling, seven days. They wasn't seven days. They wasn't rolling around in flat, pointy toe shoes. <laughs> that's why. Right. That's why they got a. Uh, that's why they decided on making a Doctor Strange. Man, they were intimidated by Nicolas Cage. Oh, in the Sorcerer's Apprentice. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, Nicolas Cage is the Sorcerer Supreme. We had to bring Cumberbatch. It was so serious. They did bring that. I got to say, like the first trailer for Doctor Strange, I was like, oh, I guess it looks okay. The newest oh, one, this one looks awesome. The newest one looks really good, like a fucking psychedelic uh, Marvel movie. Sign me up, man. It's right up my alley. Um, the, the whole like magic, spiritual yeah. kind of thing. I, I really dig. See, that. I'm a. I love the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's like right next so to Star good. Wars. I'm yeah. so ready for the fucking, second one too. I've been, I've been looking like a fucking tweaker online for the damn footage and shit they showed, and I can't find shit. Yeah, I I know, like, they explained at the panel that the reason they didn't show that is because the effects work in the clip they showed was not not done, like, it didn't look great, and they don't want that to be how everybody sees it for the first time, so I get that. Well, and but, I followed James Gunn on Twitter, too, and he, he was saying to somebody the other day that... Uh, he was like answering a fan's question or something. He was saying that part of it's because there's a second part to the scene or the trailer or whatever they showed too. Oh, really? And he was saying, I believe he was saying that it's going to be shown eventually, just not right now. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That Well, that, that's next April or May, maybe? May. I think, honestly, I think that's why they moved episode eight to December. Because, I mean... Dude, they they just finished wrapping episode yeah. eight on like what the twenty second or twenty third? Yeah, week into Comic Con, and I mean that's still like a year and a half. A year and a half before the movie comes out. I mean, I don't think they finished wrapping that early with the Force Awakens. No, so they were saying they were saying all this shit about how they needed to you know redevelop some storyline and you know, shift some shit around or whatever. I honestly think it was because um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was coming out in May. It com- it came out, it was going to come out like a week or two before. Yeah. I I think it's really interesting that uh, Ryan Johnson is going to have basically a year and a half of post-production on episode eight to screw around with it. And I hope that leads to something crazy visually with like the CGI elements and stuff. I hope they do something really awesome with it to have that much time. That's a lot of post-production time 
You know what I mean? Uh, they definitely didn't have that much on The Force Awakens. Um, and I'm sure there will be reshoots on Episode Eight, so get ready. For you're all g- the bullshit. Yeah, when you're, you're going to hear about that, and people are going to be like, oh, no. But it's just <laughs> episode reshoots. Episode 8 going to be terrible because they're reshoots. Um, so uh, you guys want to get into some emails <laughs> this evening? Let's do it. All right, our first one is from our buddy Michael. Uh, I want to apologize to Michael because we were going long last week with our buddy Sal and didn't get to get to his email, so I figured we'll have him up first in line this week. He says, Halls, Will, and Jesse. I have so much to cover this week's email, to cover in this week's email, but I'll keep it short and sweet. Now, we didn't get a full three-minute Rogue One trailer, but we sure, but we sure did get some explosive behind-the-scenes stuff. The little guy, possibly played by Warwick Davis, laughing like a madman whilst gripping the heavy blaster rifle is the best thing to come out of Star Wars since Natalie Portman. Now, though, seriously, has anyone stopped to listen to the music in the Rogue One behind-the-scenes trailer? It really is some epic stuff that goes against the usual John Williams structure. Is this the music we can expect to come end of 2016 when Rogue One is released? If so, then sign me up. Cheers, Mike. Um, I'll take this one first. I think that music is very much like... If you listen, it's very similar to the music that was in the behind-the-scenes clip from The Force Awakens. It's got, like, some piano music and stuff. Right. I think that's just general behind-the-scenes type music. I will be interested to see where they're going with the score for Rogue One because it's going to be our first major Star Wars movie released that doesn't have John Williams behind it. I'm interested to see what it's like just for that reason. You know, I want to I want to see what someone's going to do with what John Williams has already done and how they respect that and where they go from there. Right. I you know, I if we're not getting a crawl, you know, and it seems like they may be heading that direction where they're not going to do an opening crawl. I was thinking about this earlier. Let me ask you this. Would you be okay if if they pick up and they start telling the story and there's some sort of like there's some sort of storytelling right in the beginning a little nugget and then boom they go into the crawl like like a pre-crawl scene right you know i was kind of thinking that and like that's do you think, how much you get from i wonder if i don't think they would do this with episode eight i don't think they would break the structure that much but i was wondering if that's how episode eight was going to be if it was going to open and we'd see ray and luke get luke taking the saber from ray their first exchange and stuff and then boom go into the episode eight crawl right i don't think they would do that you know but it, it's something that made me wonder um if they're not going to do a crawl and rogue one i want them to do something awesome like give me something that will make me not worry care that there's not a crawl you know what i'm saying and if you're going to deviate from star wars that much i'd like to see a little deviation in the music too like i don't want this I believe his name is Alexander Desplat, is the guy that's doing the music for Rogue One. I don't want to see him just come in and do, like, John Williams' greatest hits. Right. You know? I mean, of course not. But you want to make sure that the feeling is there. Yeah, like, I don't want it to be like... I've talked about this before, but I don't want it to be, like, contemporary music in Star Wars. Like, I don't want him to come in and throw the Beastie Boys in there. Yeah, no, I don't want that. I don't want to ever. I don't want to ever hear that. In a so I would. I would still like it to be orchestral, but you know, in things like Clone Wars and Rebels, the composer Kevin Kiner that does all that, 
he took it into some interesting places and even included like some guitar work and weird synthesizer stuff at times. So yeah, I would like to see that maybe. He had that, uh, he had that nice sweet rock song that Zeb was listening to when he was yeah. drinking space beer. <laughs> Zeb's a big fan of space IPA. They recently I believe it. Added no, more. I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, I think Kanan would be more into the uh, craft beer. Yeah, Zeb may be just the dude that downs like a whole forty-eight pack of Coors, like yeah. while while he's working on Chopper. Only forty <laughs> ounces. <laughs> yeah, Ed, uh, <coughs> Zeb makes him. <coughs> Zeb makes Ezra watch him play Edward Forty Hands all the time. <laughs> yep. So what's that? A Tatooine IPA double. Idiot. <laughs> have, have a Geonosis love. Um, what do you guys think about what's what um about the music in Rogue One? What do you guys want to see? What do you think they'll do? I know. I, I want to take this first just because when you were talking about it, it made me think of talking about something a little bit different and more modern. I would be totally happy with like an orchestrated version of like Something explosions in the sky road. Okay, if you listen to them much, they're an instrumental band, right? Yeah, yeah. But something along their style orchestrated with that movie having all the war scenes and all the explosions and good stuff. I think it could be really rad. That could be cool. I mean, I know that's not what it'll be, but just thought of that while you were talking. I could see some Pelican. Oh yeah, redone orchestral man. Pelican, uh, uh, just a little tip to our listeners. Pelican, I don't know how much people are into instrumental music. I'll be honest, it's not my favorite thing, but uh, there is some bands I really like in Pelican. Uh, Jeremy and his buddy Kirk are actually who introduced me to Pelican. Oh, yeah. yeah. Man. Those dudes are rad. It's a good band. They're like a three-piece, right? Two-piece? I think it's four-piece. It's either four or five. They're a 12-piece. 12-piece. Two. (laughs) 12-piece, and you get a biscuit. And two sides. I recommend the mashed potatoes and the macaroni. <laughs> Before we get away from it, there's a video on YouTube of uh, it was the first guy that took that balloon like actually into our atmosphere or whatever. They considered it space. Oh yeah, yeah. The and guy it, that jumped and then he jumped. Yeah. They did a new version, but that original video in the fifties or sixties that they did, I guess the sixties. Um, they uh, there's there's a video on YouTube of a pelican song. To that footage and it's tits. <laughs> Jeremy just got it's real so good. Uh, for our, our listeners, so Jeremy closed his eyes and like pumped his fist. He was like, "It's tits." That's <laughs> <laughs> really good. It's a good little history story and visual in there, along with the music, and it it works really well. It sounds go awesome. watch it. Pause the podcast and go watch it. <laughs> you hey will now. agree. You'll be like, "He's right." Make, make a good. note. Make a note. Don't pause because I'm afraid they wouldn't come back. Nah, I'm just playing. All right. They're not going to pause. So next up, we got uh, uh, here we go. I just blew out my my vocal pumps. This is from our buddy Jonathan. Greetings, Will and Halls. I've been thinking about this Han Solo film. I have an idea of the plot of or timeline of the film, or I have no idea of the plot or timeline of the film, but I'm assuming it's going to be set at least three to five years before the events of A New Hope. Having said that, I hope we get to see Han and Chewie doing some cool smuggler shit like gambling and hanging out in cantinas and making the castle run. 
I'm also wondering if Han will be smusing the ladies. I'm sure he will. You know that dude wasn't a fucking monk before meeting Leia. Speaking of Han's ladies, do you think they'll, they would even touch the Marvel Comics character of Sana in the film? Something tells me that Larry Kasdan doesn't pay much attention to comics or novels when he's writing a script. Here's my wish list of characters I would like to see him make an appearance in the film. Lando. I would love to see a younger Lando show up even if it's a cameo appearance setting up a new actor for another spinoff film. Jabba the Hutt. I'd like to think that the latest CGI technology, they can replicate the look of Jabba from Return of the Jedi. The version in the special editions in Phantom Menace never looked quite right for some reason. Boba Fett, no explanation needed. Gotta have Fett in this film. Jonathan sucking up to me. <laughs> Dengar, I always liked his arcs in the comics and Clone Wars. I wouldn't mind see him alive in see him in a live action film doing something other than standing on the bridge of Star Destroyer. Hondo Anaka. As I tweeted you both earlier today, I think Hondo could bring some comic relief. Could you imagine the banter between Hondo and Han? Dash Rendar. Okay, you're probably like, what the fuck, really? Dash Rendar? I just remember loving Shadows of the Empire's novel and the Dark Horse comic back in 96. Maybe just a quick Boshek-style cameo? Hell, I'd settle for a quick shot of a scruffy-looking red-headed dude sitting at the bar or a quick shot of the Outlander. I really love that YT-2400 freighter. Odds and sods, I'd like to see Greedo, Bosk, and IG-88. I'd love to hear your thoughts on any characters or plot points you guys would love to see in the Han Solo film. Keep up the great podcasting, and may the force be with you. Jonathan. All right. Calvin, why don't you take this one first? We'll, we'll go in uh, sort of a reverse order. <clears throat> what do you think we'll see in the Han Solo movie? What would you like to see? Any characters? That sort of thing. I I think they're going to kind of step away from the uh, stuff we've already heard about. Right. Which is which is actually what I hope they do, honestly. I, I don't I don't really need to see Han do the Kessel Run or get the Millennium Falcon or anything like that. I'd rather I'd rather see I guess how he met Chewie and you know, um and you know, that doesn't have to go by the book as far as the expanded universe either. I, I just want to see a Right. I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know what I want to see. Like, uh, there's certain things that, as long longer-time Star Wars fans, that you just sort of have in your head. Like, for instance, Han winning the Falcon from Lando. Like, I just don't... I wonder if it's going to be one of those things that you could set it up to fail. Kind of like I had 17 years to think about The Phantom Menace, and then, you know, it turned out to be not what I was expecting. But that's not the movie's fault. I don't think so. I think if you play it right, then it, well, you it's can. fucking awesome. Like, But I, I see what Calvin's saying with, like, you know, the castle run. Like, I would love to see that. It'd be like mm, a space race. It is kind of like a space race, but it could also be one of those things that, like, you got to be careful. Because if you fuck up the castle run, then you fuck up every mention of the castle run after that. Like, in A New Hope, in The Force Awakens, like... When uh, when she's like, this is the ship that made the castle run in 14 parsecs. And I know, like, but that's Twow! what I'm saying. Like, when you approach Star Wars, you better have that that respect and that that care with the story when you're doing what you're doing. Because it can't suck. It cannot suck. You cannot take this franchise. I know we'll get there one day, but well, it's too early for that. It's, well, see, this is the thing. 
getting a Star Wars movie every year, you're going to get your Iron Man 2. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get your... It, it's a, it's inevitable. One of these Star Wars movies, and hopefully it's not anytime soon. I, I agree with what you're saying. I agree. I, it's going to happen, I'm saying, like it just It's too early for that shit. We, it's too important for it to be awesome right now. It is, but, you know, is as important as it is and much care and uh, money and stuff that they throw at it doesn't necessarily guarantee a good movie, you know, unfortunately. Um because it's not like they want to produce a bad Star Wars movie. I know. But it will happen. Um, uh, what about uh, you, either one of you guys? Who who wants to go next? What do you want to see? I don't really want to go into it with any expectations. I mean, there's things I will want to see. It would be nice to see or you'd enjoy. I'd enjoy it. But you don't want to go into it with a bunch of expectations and then just be disappointed. I would could still, you could be disappointed and still be a good movie though. You know? Yeah. I would say this, like of all the Han Solo backstory stuff, castle run, winning the Falcon, et cetera, et cetera. The one I really want to see is him meeting Chewie. Chewie, I think that one could be really important. You have to. Yeah. Like if, if the movie starts off with Han Solo having the Falcon and he's already won it from Lando, I'm okay with that. But I would I would like to see the um you know meeting of Chewie. the meeting yeah. of Chewie, how he got his life debt yeah. and all that stuff. That would be really cool. And as far as who I'd like to see in it, uh I am down with any of the bounty hunters. Definitely Lando. I think you gotta do the thing is is if if this is if he signed on for three Han solo movies and this is gonna be like a trilogy don't do all the cool stuff in the first one. Don't blow your load on the first one, because then I, I want to see IG eighty eight as one of the villains. Like maybe that's the major villain. Like I would know. like to see IG eighty eight in a, a a bigger live action capacity for sure. Like that's like the second one is that he's got IG eighty eight on his ass and like he's trying to dodge him or what? I don't know. Get out of that situation. Yeah, for sure. Yes, I do. Every time. Every time. All right, our next one is for our, our buddy Joe from our buddy Joe, and it's not about Kia D Mundi this week. <laughs> Surprise! Halls and Will keep up the great work. Since Tomas tweeted that he's addressing Kia D Mundi this week, I have a short question for you. What is your favorite combo of Star Wars scene and its accompanying music? For me, it was when Darth Vader appears to take on Qui Gon and Obi Wan in the Naboo hangar. And we hear the duel of the fates that hits me every time. As an aside, it is one of her best pieces of acting. Also, love Natalie Portman wasting no time in saying, "We'll take the long way." Special recognition goes to the early scene in the Force Awakens when we first meet Rey, and her theme starts when she sleds down that sand dune. But that's not quite as great as Duel of the Fates. Also, what would be the modern theme of the Baloney Big Mac? I'm going with Primus's. Shake hands with beef. Joe. Okay. Uh, Will, what's your favorite scene in Star Wars with its accompanying music? I have to say, and I think I've said this before, but my favorite scene with accompanying music is the twin sunset in A New Hope. Beautiful. It gives me goosebumps damn near every time. Like, if I'm paying close enough attention and I'm in the movie, like... I will get goosebumps from when that music swells with those double suns. There's just something about that moment and the 
the feeling in Luke, and you can just relate, or I can relate. I don't know. It just hits me right in the feels. Uh, what about you, Jeremy? Yeah, Jeremy. I can't remember if it's in um, A New Hope or Empire, but when the uh, I feel like it's the first time you see the the tie pilots with the the black helmets, the black suits, right? The music that plays when they first swoop in, right? Right. I really like that part. Yeah, it always gets me excited. Yeah. Um, what about you, Calvin? What's your favorite Star Wars scene with its accompanying music? This is actually a, a new one to me. I never even kind of, I never really noticed it until recently. But Empire Strikes Back, right? When uh, what is it? Red Red Two? Who's uh, searching for Luke and Han? I forget Echo. which one it is. Wait, no, it's not. It's Rogue. They're Rogue. Uh, Rogue, yeah, Rogue Two. I think it is when they're when he's uh, cruising around looking for Han and he's kind of trying to hail him and stuff. That music in the background is just killer. I never, I, for whatever reason, I never noticed it before. But uh, yeah, I love it. Echo Base. I found them. I repeat, yep. I <clears throat> found them. Exactly. It's dude. It's really intense, and I, I I have no clue why I didn't notice it before. But I love that part. I think Echo Base is a good band name. That's good. Yeah, that is. Good. That's really good. Yeah. Um, what was our other one from today? Commodore sixty four. Yeah, yeah. um, they could play show together. So I think I, just because I think my all time favorite is definitely what Will said: the twin suns with binary sunset. I don't want to say that though because Will said it. So I'm going to try and come up with another one. I'm sorry I took that. No, <laughs> it just no. It man, ladies and gentlemen, John Williams. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking awesome. I like the scene. Um, when they're going through the asteroid field and that music is playing. I really like that yeah. music. Uh, also, I know I talk about this scene a good bit, but in um, Revenge of the Sith, when Anakin is looking out of the Jedi Temple and Padme is looking out of her apartment, there's a, it's not even a whole lot of music. There's just this one weird instrument. I don't know what it is, sort of playing this weird tone in the background. I like that a lot, too. The Return of the Jedi scene where they're on the Java sail barge and the shit goes down really quick. All that. The music through all of that is like on point as fuck. I like Max Rebo's sweet. <laughs> 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 Man, I like that part. <clears throat> okay. Uh, theme song for the Baloney Big Mac. You guys got anything for that? Oh. <laughs> Man, uh, Baloney Big Mac, I think of like Thunderstruck. <sighs> Because that's what your butthole is going to be when you're on the toilet like two hours later. I don't know why, but the thunder rolls by Garth Brooks. And the thunder rolls. What? I don't know. That just that's so it, hits me, it hits me in the goose. Oh, you man. Know? Will knows what he's talking about. Man, that's right. 3.30 in the morning. Man, 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> Ted Nugent, Stranglehold. Oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> I'm not even joking. He took those right out of your mouth. Ba-dum, Oh, I love that Such fucking song. song. Such a good song. Uh, what do yeah, you got? You, you can play it. You can play it the whole time you make the motherfucker. It's so and long. While you eat it. <laughs> yeah, by the it's time like you're minute song. By the time you uh, <laughs> by the time you get to actually eating the sandwich, you're gonna be at that part where they just keep going. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come <laughs> on. Slowly putting it up to your mouth. Oh, oh. The Nuge has definitely eaten a bologna Big Mac before. Goose going to be like, I'm so disappointed, y'all. He's going to know exactly. He's going to hear this. I stand alone by God smack. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, he went there. But uh, yeah, that's those are some good options there. Oh, dude, I give my buddy at work so much shit because he's about to go get the damn scorpions from the video for I Stand Alone. Oh, like the as a tattoo? On his, yeah, on his goddamn hands. Oh, oh wow! No. Ooh. Oh, so no. terrible. <clears throat> so our next uh, email is from our buddy Richard, and it is about Kia D Mundy. <laughs> I have to jump in on this Kia D. Mundy debate that's been going on. Quite frankly, I don't see what all the fuss is about. We've got passionate folks who love Kia D. Mundy and passionate folks who hate him. I'm the one in the middle, the Kia D. Bindu. Let's take a moment and analyze what we know about him from the EU and the canon. I've heard secondhand that his species in the EU has very few males. Because of this, Kia D. Mundi is the only one in the order who is allowed to marry, and he has many wives, which means the dude gets pussy. I don't know where I heard this. Halls, perhaps you know something? I don't know if he has many wives, but in the old canon, it is true that he was allowed to have a wife because there weren't many males in the species. I don't know about many wives. That may be true. I was like, if the dude is a polygamist, it's not going to look... This is not going to look good for my outlook for Kiyadi Mundi. Well, you know what else is crazy? Um, in the canon, in the old canon, he was on the Jedi Council without being a master. Like, he was not a Jedi he was master. A knight. Yeah, which makes that scene in Revenge of the Sith when Anakin is like, being promoted to the Council without being made a master, it's never been done. Oh, really? It's never been done? That's that's why some of the stuff in the old EU pissed me off, because they'd be like, ah, fuck that line in that movie. We'll make him not a master. Right. Granted, that may have been done before Revenge of the Sith, and then George Lucas was like, oh, fuck you guys. Now, let's talk about what we know from the movies. Episode one, I can only recall three lines from Kia D. Mundi. Your, threat, your thoughts dwell on your mother and draw out the Queen's attacker, and the Force is strong with him. Every time Kia D. Mundy speaks in The Phantom Menace, I roll my eyes and think, yes, shit, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. However, Kia D. Mundy did doubt young Anakin and was hesitant when it came to training him. Smart move. I'd call episode one a draw. Episode two. Did he even have any speaking lines? Here's what I do remember. Kia D. on Geonosis. The good? He ran his cock-shaped head right straight into battle. The bad? He ran his cock-shaped head straight into battle and had to be rescued by the same boy he doubted one movie earlier. You have to admire that valor, but are are there any brains inside that cockhead or just 10 gallons of Mundy cum? I'd call episode two a draw. That's That's a lot of cum. Wow. He's this one's pretty graphic. That's episode three. Adult material again. Only have one recollection of Kia D. Mundi, and that is the Order sixty six theme scene. <clears throat> this must be Kia D. Mundi's mo: charge cockhead first, right into battle, and worry about the consequences later. How he survived <laughs> all the way to Order sixty six is beyond me. He's either really good or is the luckiest motherfucker on the council. I'm going with option B. You have to admire that valor, but the fucking butt plug got taken out by like four clones. I mean, shit. We saw Asajj Ventress handle more clones by herself in that Ahsoka Barris Afi arc. But again, you have to admire the valor. Episode 3, a draw. Conclusion. Kia D's Mundi's lasting legacy as a Jedi, if he were human, would be forgettable. He's not that great, and and it's not that he's horrible. Yeah, he's pretty stupid, and yet brave, too. He's like a 
point five hundred team in baseball. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> Win some, lose some. However, he's like that same point five hundred team with a bitchin' uniform and a state of the art stadium. Why? That gigantic penis shaped head. Oh man. <laughs> Richie from Boston. I don't really I mean, there's not much to discuss. He just went on his you know, I, I gotta say, it's well thought out. Joe and Tom, I think uh, you should both uh, count that email in your arguments. Yeah. I love playing the middle of this Joe uh, and I Tom Kia D. Mundy. I always have to stick up for Kia D. Mundy. I feel oh, like man. he was a good Jedi master <laughs> who died a horrible death. Like, he just got gunned down like a punk bitch. He just got overwhelmed. Uh, guys, our next email is from our buddy Oliver. Your catfish, your Swedish catfish. <laughs> you guys, that shit ain't funny. He's not a catfish. I mean, no. I mean, I know he's not. Of course he's not. He's like, now they call me Oliver the catfish. No, we don't. We don't call him that. <laughs> because Oliver... No, 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 I like people at school. Oh. What's happening? Uh. Uh. Okay, so we just had a little bit of a technical difficulty there. We're running all smooth and shit. I got a, a phone call, and it cut off Calvin's call from the Skype. So I must say up. these new mics are awesome, though. Yeah, they are. <laughs> so we got um, got an uh, email from our buddy uh, Oliver, who is not a catfish. Poor Oliver. He's a good <laughs> listener, and you guys don't appreciate that we have a listener from out of the country i'm sorry you corrected me i asked if that was oliver the catfish <laughs> I, what i should have said was oliver not a catfish <laughs> right oliver not, not a, a catfish oliver not a catfish <laughs> okay well this is what oliver has he's not a catfish gabriel is a catfish oliver is not a catfish hey halls and will your swedish buddy oliver here so last week the Rogue One reel was released. Like many others, I was expecting a three-minute trailer, and I wasn't that satisfied with the w reel. And just to make it worse, they showed the people at Celebration a teaser with Vader in it. I understand that they want to give the people at Celebration something special, but showing Star Vader in a Star Wars movie for the first time in years seems like a pretty huge announcement, even though we had already talked about it. Don't get me wrong. The behind-the-scenes trailer we got was really good. I'd like to see Gareth Edwards talk about the movie, but we didn't really get anything new. There is only one thing that made me really pissed off, though, when Jen says, May the Force be with us in that weird fucking way. I wasn't big, a big fan of the I Rebel and Yes Sir quotes in the last trailer, but this one was even worse. I'm sure the movie is going to be great after all. It is a Star Wars movie, and I'm probably just being a whiny bitch. Oh, Oliver, don't talk about yourself that way, buddy. <laughs> when do you guys think we're going to get the real trailer? And also, off topic, what band's artists... Oh, this dude's got a music question, too. What band's artist do you think that Han and Chewie are listening to while flying around in the Falcon? Thanks for making the podcast, guys, and may the force be with you. Now, my favorite part is, you know how like when you send an email from your phone, it'll say sent from my iPhone? In Swedish, it says, Skikat front mean Samsung in hat. That's just balling. I love that, Oliver. I don't know how I've never noticed that before. So, um, I will say this about her lines in the trailers, right? I think uh, it'll be better when we see them in context. Because, you know... 
those trailers can sometimes not be a good judge of what the final line is going to be. Because when we f- saw that first Chewie We're Home trailer, that's a different delivery of that line than was in the final movie. One, it's it's di- it's delivered del- uh, differently. Right. So we could see different versions of those lines, and seeing it in context, I think it'll be fine. Um, when do I think the next trailer will come out? I think Rogue One is actually going to follow the Force Awakens sort of um, uh, roadmap in a way like so we got the chewy we're home trailer in april of last year right we got the first trailer for rogue one in april of this year right we got the behind the scenes force awakens in july of last year we got the behind the scenes of rogue one in july of this year i think the next full trailer we get will be in october yeah but they haven't done the um the Force Awakens did the the, the teaser teaser in November, yeah. though. Yeah, I, I think that's the exception of this. And I think the reason <clears throat> we got that Force Awakens teaser in, on Black Friday in 2014 is because it was a different beast. It was Star Wars coming back. It was the new Star Wars it was, movie. It was Star Wars Episode Seven and not Rogue One. Like, so you don't think there'll be a Rogue One teaser? Or I think we got it. I teaser. mean, we got the teaser already, but like, you think the next one's just the 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 full trailer, the full on? And I think we'll. I think there we might end up getting more TV spots and stuff than we did for Rogue One or for The Force Awakens, simply because I think they're gonna really push this movie a little harder since it's not the next episode. And I don't know, dude. We got a lot of fucking TV spots for The Force Awakens. We Awakened sure stuff. did. I remember looking them all up on YouTube like in the weeks leading in, and it was like TV spot number 15 and shit like that. So they did a lot. And yeah, there was a lot. And that was like the only place where they were showing like any new material, and it was like a, it was like a, a little quick flash of something here and there. You yeah. Know? Like, I, I wonder if you went and took all the trailers and teasers from The Force Awakens and cut out each unique scene, how much of the movie we actually ended up getting. I, I think somebody did. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. A long time ago. Yeah, I'm and pretty it, sure they put that on YouTube. <clears throat> it didn't turn out to be... It didn't turn out to be because you know right when they started doing those TV spots and stuff, everyone started bitching about how much they were showing and all this stuff. And... Yeah, someone actually did that, I, I believe, and it only really came out to like five minutes or something of footage. Oh, okay. So it wasn't that bad, actually. Um, what do you guys think Chewie and Han listen to in The Falcon? I'm just going to be Strangled. cliche and say ACDC. <laughs> ACDC. That's just what I see them you, listening to. You want to know what I, I was going to say? Ford and Chewie. I was Credence. Credence. Credence? Yeah. Revival. yeah. I think like one too. Slow ride. Take it easy. Isn't that Ted Nugent? No, that's... No, it's not. It's Steve is going to be real disappointed. Is it Fog Hat? I think it is. Fuck. Okay, you guys That may be totally wrong, but I feel like it is. Yeah, I, I think they're classic rock guys for sure. It's it's got it's got to be classic rock. Some Alice Cooper, some fucking probably Stranglehold. Yeah, Ted. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> since know, that already came up tonight, I think that would be pretty fitting too. That's yeah. like um, that's like um, uh, Han Solo's alarm clock. <laughs> like he's sleeping in his bunk in the Falcon, and that gets off, and he uh, stretches, get out of bed. Since our buddy uh, Oliver is from Sweden, I'm gonna say. That Han Solo listens to In Flames and Ghost. 
<laughs> That's what I say. Hell yeah, man. In flames. Nice. Graveyard. <laughs> With a little a little graveyard. Little is green Greenleaf from Sweden? Maybe. I don't know. Once again, Steve is gonna be listening to this going, You idiots. <laughs> I think truck so fighters much. truck fighters is. In Flames, episode six six six. Yeah, perfect. I was in episode six. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> hey, Chewy, put on pinball map for me real quick. All right. Our next, month, uh, our next email is from our buddy King Tom. Halls and Will. Been thinking about the great Kia D. Mundi debate, <laughs> and it actually had me questioning, questioning another member of the Jedi Council, Mace Windu. I don't know if it's just me, but I can never tell if Star Wars fans like or hate him. So do you guys like or hate him? I like him with reservations. He's not that easy of a guy to pin down. He's played by Samuel J. and some and some great action sequences. He's powerful and wise and has all that going for him. The purple lightsaber never rubbed me the wrong way. On the other hand, he's a fucking dick. If it wasn't for Kia D. Mundy's head, Mace would be the biggest dick in the Star Wars galaxy. Every line he says to Anakin from their first meeting until, what if you told me... Uh, if what you told me is true, you will have gained my trust. Reeks of superiority and contempt. Mace deserves to get his hands chopped off after the way he treated Anakin. But even his death scene was pretty fucking cool. He didn't get punked out like a certain other gi- other Jedi with gigantic heads. And maybe that's what pushes him into the light column for me. He's not as big of a dick as the guy two chairs to the right of him. Like, you see this? King Tom was like, oh, I'm not going to talk about Kia D this week. I'm going to just talk about R- R- Mace. But he's still got to get his little his rabbit punches in. Jab, jab. What's your opinion on Mace, Will? I am a fan of Mace Windu. I like the idea that Mace Windu is a badass within the universe, even aside from Samuel L. Jackson. Like, I enjoyed that Samuel L. Jackson played him. I mean, I thought there could have been a better performance there anyway. But, I mean, he did a good enough job. But I like I like the idea that Mace Windu was a badass. Yeah, I get you. I, I actually like the purple lightsaber. I'm one of those guys that, like, you know, some people are like, I only want blue, green, and red. I am down for whatever different colors of lightsabers they want to do. Purple allowed the door for different colors, I yeah. believe. And then, like, you know, if you with Clone Wars being canon, we've seen light, yellow ones. White. The, the Jedi Temple Guards use yellow sabers. Right. Uh, Ahsoka uses white sabers. There's the black um, dark saber. So, will we ever see those colors in movie? I don't think so. But, who knows? I wouldn't mind it if we did. Right. What, do you, what about you, Calvin? What do you think about Mace? Yeah, I think Mace is... Uh it's kind of a love-hate relationship. He's kind of a dick, but yeah. he was kind of right most of the time, too. He, they did, I don't know why, but they did make him a bit of a condescending dick in those movies. Yeah. Uh, he definitely is. And, you know, you think if maybe he gave Anakin a little more support, maybe things would have turned out better. You know? He does sort of uh, just sort of blow Anakin off a good bit. I also take Clone Wars into effect, and Clone Wars makes me like Mace a good bit more. Like, he's got some some cool parts in Clone Wars. Right. What about you, Jeremy? What do you think of Mace? I do love me some Sammy J, but take it or leave it. Really? Take it or leave it? 
I mean, I, I like seeing him in it, but yeah. it's not super strong, I don't feel. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you would think that, and maybe it's just, you know, our group of people we hang out and talk with, but you would think having a Jedi with, like, a unique purple lightsaber is played by Samuel L. Jack- L. Jackson and all those things. You think he would be, like, a fan favorite. And maybe right. he is to other people, but I don't run into many people that are like, yo, Mace is my favorite. Right. And I, I, th- I feel like sort of the take it or leave it thing is the way a lot of people go. Right. Or, and now I've definitely seen the other side of people that are like, no, I fucking hate Mace. Right. And uh, mine is all from stuff that's not canon. Like, you know, the, the way he responded to Grievous taking... Palpatine when he crushed Grievous's chest, like oh, and the gave him, and then he beat up all those droids in the Jindy Karakovsky yeah um, animations. He was just a badass, you know, all around. It, it was it doesn't have anything to do with him being Samuel L. Jackson. Well, we got one last email, and then we'll be done for the night. And this is from our buddy Tomas. Tomas says, "Hola, amigos. Another Rogue One question today, guys." So we know Anakin knows Saw Guerrera from the Clone Wars. We also know that so far Vader hasn't killed Ahsoka. For my question, we have to look at two movies, Episode 3 and 4. In Episode 3, we see Vader deal very harshly with the death of Padme. But in Episode 4, we see how easily Vader kills Obi-Wan. He shows no remorse for his actions in A New Hope. But in Revenge of the Sith, he seems to have great remorse for killing Padme. Do you think it could be possible that if Vader remembers Saul, killing him could be the action that makes him no longer feel bad about killing the people he once cared for or fought beside? Thanks, guys. Um, I will say that Saw being in Rogue One and having those encounters with Anakin will only come up in the Clone Wars. I don't think that will be di- discussed or mentioned at all in Rogue One. I don't either. I think... Um, I don't even know that Saw and Vader will come into contact in the movie. I don't think we're going to see a ton of Vader. He's definitely going to be in the movie, but some of their quotes about you know making sure they don't overuse him and stuff makes me think we're only going to see him in a few scenes at most. Right. Um, I just think it would be too much to put on the average moviegoer to be like, oh, well, in an arc of this animated show that we did... These two guys met before, and they have a history. They have history. You know? Yeah. And it's not like Saw is going to know that Vader is Anakin. Right. And so on and so forth. Uh, what do you think, Calvin? Um, I just think that it's kind of a non-issue. I mean, he, um, it seemed like he wanted to kill the shit out of Obi-Wan when they were fighting. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I mean, think... I, th- I think, you know, uh, Anakin being... Uh, fucked up about Padme dying has to do with a lot of things. Like, I think it's early in his descent to the dark side. By episode four, he's full-on dark side. Well, he was he was already feeling like Obi-Wan was betraying him before they even met on Mustafar in the first place. Right. And and he's had, he's had 20 years of hate building up over this whole Padme thing, over thinking his best friend betrayed him. And, like, so when he finally sees Obi-Wan again, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to fucking kill you. You did this to me. I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah, and yeah, also, so, Obi-Wan did burn his dick off. <laughs> exactly. Cut off, five, you know, cut off his limbs. Yeah. And left him to burn. So, yeah, I, so 
That being said, I don't think Sagarera is going to be an issue. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know enough about what's coming in Rogue One to say, like, I I'll, I even get the feeling that Saw is going to be important part of the movie, but I don't think he's going to be a main player in the Same. mission or anything. Like, I think he'll be there for the Saul Guerrero speech. We'll meet him. But I think she's basically going to get a couple of people from his group of rebels for part of her team. You know? Yeah. Hey, Vader, in Empire Strikes Back, Vader force chokes out two different dudes in, like, 30 minutes, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And, like, he has no time for bullshit. doesn't matter if I knew you or if I didn't know you. Right. I'm going to kill you, like, if, if you get in the way of what I'm doing. Yeah. What do you think, Jeremy? I didn't watch the animated series at all, so I I don't really have much of a say. Do you have Netflix? Yeah. You should watch Clone Wars, man. It's really good. I've thought about it. If you want me to give you, like, the cliff notes, like, these are the really good arcs, because it's not like um, a normal TV show where you had to watch week to week to follow the storyline. It jumped around in the timeline a lot. If you want me to give you a couple of arcs to watch, like, Watch the Darth Maul stuff. Watch the Mandalorian right. stuff. Like, there's some really good stuff in there. Don't watch the underwater shark aliens oh. episodes. <laughs> oh, hard, man. hard pass. <laughs> you know, I definitely agree with you on that, Calvin. It was not the strongest arc, but you also got to admire the balls they had with Clone Wars. Like, Grand not so much balls, but just being like George Lucas being like, mm, I want to do an underwater arc where everybody has to swim around and wear bubbles on their head. Or I want to do a Jar well, I mean, Jar it was and cool. Mace you got Windu. To see, you got to see, uh, you know, the Mon Calamaris and the, the, the Korans. Right. Fighting it out. It was the, the, the thing that got me, man, was that fucking shark guy, that general or whatever. The separatist. Oh, yeah. Like, the shark guys are not a good look that's like it was stupid sometimes they don't really nail the design of a new alien species sometimes they get well, a it's good... like you got you got akbar and you got the Quran both from return of the jedi right great that's wonderful they look good animated it was fantastic they made a little conflict between them but then you toss this fucking oh hey yeah we're separatists so let's just toss a fucking shark in there yeah <laughs> Because we're on a water planet, great, you know. Right. Yeah, not my favorite. They could have just had it be. Had it be the Moncals and the uh, the Quarns. Quarns, fucking squid faces, as I knew them back in the day. Yep. I think that's gonna about do it for us this week. Um, Do you you or uh, Calvin, you or Jeremy, have anything you want to add before we head on out? I appreciate you guys having me back. I've had fun. Yeah, it was good uh, being on, man. Thanks for coming on to both you guys. Do you guys have absolutely, guys? Thanks for coming. Any social media accounts? Uh, we'll go with you first, Calvin, since this is your first episode. Do you want to <coughs> plug your Twitter or anything else that you're involved with? I'm on. Uh, I'm on Twitter at MickAwesomeSD, and uh, yeah, just go on the internet and talk some shit sometimes. <laughs> What about you, Jeremy? I mean, I ain't trying to plug nothing. <laughs> you, not your Instagram? You don't want followers on Instagram, on Twitter? I'm the Space Barbarian on Instagram. Yes, he is. He is the Space I've Barbarian. I've got a Twitter, but I only follow you, so I don't even know. <laughs> you only follow yeah, me I, on Twitter? I, I downloaded it one time just to see some post that you'd put up. I don't know. 
Right on. I just I don't care anything about Twitter. Oh man, Twitter is my favorite of the social media. I could give a fuck less about Facebook, but I, I heard like somebody Twitter. say give it like talked about it like it was just a bunch of people standing in a room yelling at each other. That was his, I guess, analogy of. It definitely can be. I think I like Twitter better because I like you know on Facebook you have all family and extended family right, and right. friends and friends of friends and stuff and like on Twitter it's just my Star Wars folks, man. Well, so, yeah, and on Facebook, I, it, the whole thing on Facebook is like you know vaccination or not vaccination. Oh yeah, yeah I don't it, even pay attention to Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that shit is ridiculous, but. I would like to thank you for coming on for your first time, Calvin, buddy. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. I appreciate you, gonna, you inviting me. You going to come back on sometime? If you'd like. Right on. Thanks for coming on, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Space Barbarian. It provided us. When you guys are starting to get the, these Baloney Big Mac stickers in the mail, <laughs> look toward the sky and say, thank you, Space Barbarian. Y'all are welcome. Because they look cool as hell. We got t-shirts for sale. Badass tpublic.com slash blue harvest podcast get you one of those if you're into that sort of get thing get yourself a cool t-shirt if you like the band or the music that starts off this podcast you should support them their name is stoned cobra and they've got a new album armed and hammered available for only five bucks on itunes five bucks. on stonedcobra.bandcamp.com and if you just want to stream it check them out on spotify but uh, I think that's about it. You got anything you want to add, Will? No, I think we've hit it all. Hit, hit him up on Twitter at WillWitten3. At WillWitten3. Yeah, I think that'll about do it. So, for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, I'm your host, Hals Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Calvin. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. Commodore 64. Commodore <laughs> 64.